Huzzah, Rangers. This is Bozo6, not Phil Harris. And you're listening to the Jacks Rangers show. As always, we are joined by the Yeti poet himself, Dave McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. It's my first time on the sticks, so they say, in the Dorchester room. Uh, I'm getting used to it. It's definitely a lot more pressure being in this seat. I feel, I feel the pressure. You got a lot of work to do. Better you than me. Is it true yeah. that Phil is deep in an underground bunker devising trick line-out plays as we speak? I believe that's correct. Yeah, he has this whole cover story about how he's going out west to watch the Seattle match and all this other stuff. Uh, it's all lies. He's literally in the bunker with uh, Coach Will, and they're, and they're in the lab getting it done. That's I think right. Josh Larson is also contributing. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, so here we are. We're at, you know, we're on Victory Monday, which is a weird feeling because Saturday morning we wake up. It's usually Saturday is the rugby day, and um, we were already victorious. We had already defeated Rugby ATL. So here we are, Victory Monday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. It was nice to watch all the matches on Saturday and already know how the Free Jacks did. You know, I kind of enjoy being the first match of the week. Yeah, it is good to open it up, especially I think on a Friday night. I enjoyed the Friday night game. The weather, yeah. you know, while still hot and humid in Atlanta, and we'll get into that a little bit of a greasy pill. Um, I, I think it could have been a lot worse if it was a Saturday afternoon game for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Probably better Friday night, you know, seven eight o'clock than uh, Saturday afternoon. I grew up down in Georgia for a couple years, and. Uh, I played baseball in that summer heat. I was a catcher. It is miserable. I mean, it's it's hard to express. I'm sure you're familiar. Just yeah. what that kind of like 85 degrees, 85% humidity is really like, you know. Yeah, it, it hits different. I mean, my my worst experience was it was the second day that I was down at infantry or second day of this second week down at infantry school. I'd only been there for about seven days. My body had acclimated, but we hadn't done anything super physical to that point because the first week was classroom. We did a timed five-mile run at like six in the morning, and it was like 98 degrees with like 100% humidity. A kid finished, crossed the finish line, and then immediately face-planted. <laughs> like, And it was, he was like done. They had to ambulance him out. It was the first time I'd ever run into in the Army where you dip your arms into an ice bucket and then like walk away and like hold them over your head. So the cold blood like rushes through your body to help huh. cool you down. I'd never seen anything like that. Like when that kid fainted, they stuffed ice sheets underneath his armpits to cool him down. I'd never seen anything like that. Cause I just had never been in heat like that. And it, it was definitely brutal. Yeah. It, it gets to you. Yeah. And I think on the pitch too, I think uh, usually on the pitch is about five to 10 degrees warmer, especially if it's turf. So that makes it worse on the players. So. Better them than us. Leave it to the pros, as they say after a Bronco. Leave it to the pros. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, we've uh, meandered around uh, a lot, so I will get into the write-up with America's Rugby News. We got, where's Phil? We just told you, <laughs> Phil is devising lineouts with uh, Coach Will Webster and Josh Larson in a bunker somewhere. Yeah. That's true. All righty. Oh, we got, speaking of Phil... We have in Philly life. Bananas, a.k.a. the Duke of Quincy, in the chat. Coming in line in for popcorn. Hitting the Jurassic yeah. World ride. Oh, already hit it. Badass. Nice. Get, getting the live reviews from Universal. Love All it. right. 
Well, let's get stuck right into Brian Rice from American Rugby News, his write-up on the match. The New England Free Jacks made it eight wins in a row with a comfortable 35-14 victory over Rugby ATL at Silverbacks Park on Friday night. Both sides were short of their best with tactical kicking especially poor, but the visitors made the most of their scoring opportunities to leave the home side on the verge of playoff elimination. Dave, what were your thoughts after like the first, I don't know, say 10, 12 minutes or so? Um, you know, Atlanta came down really early and put a lot of pressure on the Free Jacks, and they did what they have done all season, which is just absorb that pressure for a couple minutes and wait for their opportunity and then get a good exit. Um, it was a really excellent way to see the match start, um, especially since they ended up, you know, moving right down and, in fact, scoring on Atlanta. Um, it felt... You know, for what was probably going to be one of the tougher Eastern Conference matches for the Free Jacks of the season, uh, with Atlanta had a lot on the line in this match. It felt good to start it that way um, and uh, just feel pretty in control. Um, Maybe falsely, like at this point, the Free Jacks are so good that it's kind of, you know, I get worried at times that I'm kind of taking it for granted. Like, yep, this is what we do. We stop them from scoring, then we go and score, and that's great. That's fun to watch. Yeah, as for those who were following us with the watch along, Phil and I were right here in the Granite Bunker watching the match. And I, Liam Madigan hits this point dead on. We were always winning, but we were never safe. You know, yeah, we really weren't. The last try came in the final two minutes. And for some reason, even in, with 10 minutes to go, I just had this uneasy feeling, um, you know, and in the first 10 minutes, especially uh, absorbing that pressure. Like you said, we're, we're used to it now and we're used to defending well and, and doing good things and having good outcomes from that. But I always get I just have this tinge of nervousness because, man, Atlanta was physical through that first 10. They were playing very hard. Yeah. They were very much looking like the team playing for their playoff lives. So, all right, I'll continue it. A sensational break down the sideline by Ruita Biddle nearly resulted in a try to ATL. But Reese, the Red Rocket, not that's not written in the write-up. I added that. McDonald arrived just in the nick of time to knock the ball out of Biddle's grass just as the fullback was diving over the line. New England pushed back, and after penalties conceded field position, Kieran McClay found a gap on the edge of the ruck to slide in for the opening try. This is where I sighed that relief because yeah. after, I think it was about 12 minutes in or so. It doesn't have the time stamp in the write-up. I did not go back and write it down, but – after absorbing all that pressure, muckling the kickoff, just kind of not really – I thought we weren't playing bad, but I just wanted us to be on attack and score, and we did. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, this is great. Free Jacks are playing Free Jacks rugby. So, Yeah, it was a really, really good opening. Um, that try saver from Reese McDonald was insane. Uh, the, like two components of it, the pace to get there and cover the distance that he covered and, and slap it out of Rowita Biddle's hand. Um, but then also the timing of that slap, just the accuracy, because he he couldn't tackle him. Biddle is already clear in the line. He just needed to get the ball put down as yeah. McDonald gets there. And McDonald just comes, you know, from an angle. And as Biddle has to reach to start to, you know, extend his arm to touch the ball down, because he's doing like a Superman dive, right? So he's just yeah. parallel with the ground. And he's reaching downward, and McDonald just slaps him right like in the forearm. And the ball's just gone, just out of Biddle's hand. Insane try saver. Uh, probably the moment of the match right in the first 12 minutes or whatever. Um, but it was just incredible athleticism and, and an amazing play from Reese McDonald. 
I think quite possibly even more amazing was Phil and I's reaction of utter shock watching him run down the sideline to score the try and how quickly we transitioned to dancing on their graves, laughing at them for, <laughs> for bungling that try, like from going completely despondent to just crapping all over them. It was amazing uh, to see how, how spry we can be, you know, from the couch. It was excellent. All right. So continuing on the home side got on the board when a loose pass from Mitch Wilson went straight into the arms of Martini Talapusi. He needed no second invitation and sprinted 50 meters untouched to score in the corner. Christopher Hilsenbeck nailed the extras to draw the scores level. New England jumped back out in front on a counterattack. Soft hands from Samisi Paya put McDonald away up the middle. LaRue Milan was the link man with Paul Balacana getting the credit for the runaway finish. A long-range shot at goal from Hilsenbeck on the stroke of halftime was off target, leaving the visitors 14-7 ahead at the break. Man, what a try. Dave, take us through that. What were your thoughts on that try? Uh, just a really good team try. You love to see something like that where there's lots of good efforts. I, I appreciate that Brian Ray included Samisi Baia in the you know write-up because he does. He, get, he makes a nice, clean little drawn pass to Reese McDonald who hits that gap and does a lot of the meter work gets a big long run and then um you know every time you see the free jacks get a good breakaway you see two three five jerseys you know in support and it was it was another one of those where McDonald gets a good break he gets it to Milan who gets it out to Balacana and and can touch it down and the free jacks are just so dangerous in those situations on the on the line break. Um, it's really something that's developed more and more um, as as a threat that they present. I think uh, it's always been the idea, but you just repetition gives you uh, improvement, right? Like they've been just been doing it more and more. The guys are more in sync, and uh, it's again really fun to watch. Just some some absolutely incredible stuff at the time. Uh... Of this try samisi was on for blood sub for connor keys so that's yeah. kind of like a weird wrinkle to put it he did come back on later uh to replace regan o'gorman permanently but another thing that i that you know that's interesting about these free jacks tries the one with balacana and poland and milan against nola gold comes to mind these spectacular tries they just have it's the combination of brilliant skills in sequence in real time at pace it's just incredible like the hands and the recognition the wherewithal from from samisi to dish that to get rid of it right and yeah. then it's not over from there uh, reese mcdonald puts an absolute crazy mini step on the atlanta defender and he just slides and falls over then you know i mean i guess it's not a skill per se it's an attribute but his incredible speed carries him forward past pretty much what was left of the defense the last defender, he just two on ones with Milan. Atlanta does a great job to run him down, and he does get well to get it away. This wasn't as skillful, but it was still nice to be able to pull it off. It's, it's, still it's more it's fundamental. Right. Like it's not yeah. it's not a flare skill, but draw and right. pass is like that's yeah. rugby. The ability to have the ball make a defender commit to you and then pass to your play, you know, your teammate in support. That's the whole game right there. Yeah, and and then at that range, I mean, Paula Balacana is not going to be stopped, especially by chasing defenders that aren't squared yeah. up on him. Like, yeah, so absolutely. Just what an incredible try! And then again, for for them to miss the kick on the stroke of halftime, it was it was amazing. Dancing on their graves on the live stream. We went at the halftime feeling very good at that point. Definitely. 
So we're just going to show some chats here before we get kicked into the second half. Liam Madigan again coming in the chat. I love it when tribes come off good passing and timing. Champagne, rugby, and lucky line breaks are fun. But it's not going to be as reliable against the best of the West. Yeah, that may be true. That may be true. My only pushback on that is Utah does that as well, and they've done it really well against Seattle multiple times this season. So not impossible, but not to be relied upon, I would agree. Yeah, it can't be your game plan. Right. Like, no, one of our one of our real quick guys will break the line and then we'll just, you know, we'll go from there. Doesn't quite work. Not that it would be. But, yeah, I think the point's well made from Liam. Yeah, absolutely. We will see. You know, I mean, you also I don't think you'll see as many line breaks. So we'll have to do other stuff when the first couple phases work and you get a clean line break like you're getting, you know, obviously you're going to exploit it. Uh, So really, I think it, it says something about the defense of a lot of the teams we've been facing in the east is not as good as the defense in the west which is again that's the same point liam's making is those defenses are not going to just bleed line breaks like we kind of see in a lot yeah, of matches absolutely so all right continuing on with the the write-up from america's rugby news another counter another counterattack stretched new england's lead jason potros evaded the first chaser and tore down the sideline a pass to the support bounced once before landing in Leon Conradi's hands with McClay on hand to race clear for his double. Some life returned to ATL just three minutes later, starting with a set move from a scrum. Matt Heaton made a half break in the outside channel, and then Vili Hilu took on the line. The back rower was stopped but managed to free his hands in the tackle and send Justin Basson in for five points with Kurt Coleman's boot making it a full seven. This little sequence kind of disturbed me a little bit. We had just yeah. run on some subs and our defense seemed a little bit chaotic and not and not connected because this was just ATL doing phase play, which we had shut down completely. I made multiple comments on the live stream how you could tell that ATL had seen some things and they were targeting things. They kept watching Balakana come up with our rush defense and trying to kick over the top of him. They tried to pound us, you know, basically through forward, forward, you know, kind of like the smash, smash, send type of deal. Um, They tried multiple pull out the back situations and it, and it wasn't, nothing was working for them, but this one was sheer pattern of play. And we just seemed to break down on this one. So I was kind of bummed to see that, that try go over. Yeah. It was an interesting start to the second half because um, it, it seemed a little bit, the same Atlanta are picking and going that, that, you know, those really effective short moves that the, the go, go um, rapid tempo, right? You don't even need a nine. You just forward. They were hitting really close to the rocks, you know, challenging our post, basically that first defender on either side. Um, but we stopped them. They got, they knocked the ball on over the line. Um, and that was the moment where Slade was given some slaps to Justin Basson at the at the bottom of the um, pile, yeah. and you see Basson get up. He's a big dude, man. <laughs> Basson's yeah. just a big, big friendly guy, and uh, he got up and he got a little bit in Slade's face. Not didn't really lose his cool. He was pretty composed, but he, you know, gave him a shove and just let him know, like you know, I'm not I'm not the guy to be slapping on the back at the bottom of the rock. Yeah, and then someone... he turns and he winks at Justin <laughs> Patros. And it's yeah. amazing. I mean, it's clear as yeah. day. He just turns and he winks at, at Patros. Yeah. And then a few, like a minute, two minutes later, he's, you know, charging down a kick and just runs clean into JP. Yeah. Um, and everybody was okay. You know, Patros wasn't hurt or anything. It, it was a late hit, it got penalized. Um, but wasn't a card uh, 
it, honestly, it was pretty good grubbery. Like that's kind of what you wanted. It wasn't wasn't so late that you're really gonna get in trouble, but also it was late enough that there's no doubt that yep, that was just our biggest guy running into your ten because and you he didn't have a lot dirty. Input. We're gonna play dirty. Yeah, yeah, it was very like it was it was yeah. communicative. He he yeah. could have dropped a shoulder and just laid him out, but he didn't. He just just ran into him. You know, yeah. just just get straight up two guys way. upright. You know, like like a. And I'm bigger than you. So yeah, yeah, up. exactly. I physics says I win. What do you know? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so then they they um we score. Pacho, the best revenge is living well, right? So Pacho's yeah. returns that kick for a long break. Um, they have he gets it to Milan, who it, it does this just kind of dumps it back inside. Um, to whoever happens to be there, which normally is the kind of thing that makes you lose your mind as a coach or a fan. Like, who is that pass to? But when you've got five guys just running in that spot, you you don't. That's when you don't even really have to care, I guess. You just toss it into the middle of five of your teammates, and it bounced off the deck. Conradi grabbed it, ran it in, um, or got it to McLay rather. Conradi correct, drew him, yeah, drew him pass yeah. for McLay's second pass. Uh, yeah. Second try. It was it was fun, and then Bassin comes back and scores, and that was probably the moment where it felt closest to me. It's fourteen to twenty one. Atlanta have been threatening the whole time. Like you know, Liam yeah. said we were winning, but we weren't really safe. Um, and that was when it felt like the most unsafe. Atlanta are demonstrating that they're not giving up. They're gonna fight hard throughout, and they can score. Um, and that that felt like a little bit of a turning point. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like I said before, I, I was concerned because that was straight pattern of play that earned that try for Basson, and yeah. they finally held on to it. Uh, both teams were struggling with knock-ons. Uh, we, we haven't <laughs> it was highlighted. brutal. The, the write-up has not ba basically made yeah. no mentions of this, but both teams lost significant opportunities uh, to, to knock-ons, um, which was yep. really no fault of the – you know, usually you could say, hey, if they're rushing up a little bit, maybe you hear the footsteps, it's the defense. But on these ones, it was just simple, like, hey, man, it hit me right in the hands, and the thing was basically greased up to go. You yeah, know? nobody – it was – a lot of the time when there's a lot of knocks, everybody said, oh, clearly the ball was a little slippery that day, you know. But this one, it couldn't be more obvious. Yeah, play, all players on both teams struggled to hold on to the ball. Yeah, for sure. For, for the entire match. You know, it was really beginning to end, you saw. It got a little bit better once they kind of got used to how bad the ball was but uh, yeah. it persisted the whole time for sure all right i'm gonna finish off uh, most of the write-up i think at this point so atl's defense was caught out just after the hour mark milan went clean through a gap and found mill center on his inside holden younger took a pop pass from the hooker and chipped ahead for mcdonald to dive on the Dive on the ball in goal for the bonus point try. This was another incredible try. Um, Holden Youngert was what I think really made this one go. Mills, just great fundamentals, right? A decision maker. I'm a hooker. I'm not that fast. And there's yep. a lot of green in front of me. I got to get rid of this. He finds Youngert, who pretty much barely got that kick away. Like, he got smashed. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, that was a great, great try. So I think I'll just finish off the right up here and then we can just talk about it. So any hopes of a comeback were dashed when Will Leonard was binned for cynically preventing Youngert from going quick at a scrum penalty. The final say would go to the visitors in spectacular fashion. Patros chipped over the line, the ball landing perfectly in Balakana's waiting hands. He quickly offloaded the Cam Davidowitz for a short run in under the post. Next up for ATL is a home match against New York, which we don't care about. 
uh, except for we would like to see New York lose just to be disruptive. And then the Free Jacks make the long trip to Seattle to take them on next Sunday. Man, so what a match. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Even the last try was was uh, really awesome. But we can back up and we can kind of go over, if you want, the, um, yeah, the, younger, the younger to um, – Yeah, my note – yeah, yeah, younger to well, Milan breaks the line, passes to Centerevi, who then dishes to younger, chips it through, and McDonald touches it down. Um, my notes say, "Great try, I love these tries, I love this team." That's, I mean, it's it's just so exciting. It's it's very pure rugby to just get those opportunities to to take chances to to. Be comfortable making that kick, you know, and to have it pay off. These guys have really high skill level, and they they play to it. it makes it really enjoyable. Um, Atlanta getting that card was that Leonard who got the card? Yeah, well, um, yeah, he put his shoulder into him just, as he tried to go quick. Yeah, it's just kind of stupid. It's just uh, uh, definitely cynical. It's it's a fair card you know it's a quick tap penalty and he's often you'll see guys make a tackle or slow it down you got to at least pretend you thought you were 10 right like you got it you got to sell it and oh yeah. my bad sir i just you know i thought i was back far enough or i got caught up in the moment and i forgot you know brain fart but you can't just stand there and then throw a shoulder into the guy and not even make a tackle attempt just spoil the quick tap um and then we see johnston and davidowitz come on and it is over, like the best bench in Major League Rugby with those two back rowers coming on. A um, couple of workhorses, and, you know, they're just going to spend the last 10, 15 minutes shutting Atlanta down no matter what they try to do. Uh, all that remained was the ceremonial Cam Davidowitz try, which is, you know, just we got to – it's it's a thing that happens. And then it came on that awesome pop kick from Patros that Bob Always good fielded. to see Cam screw yeah. Cam get one in. and he's Especially got the easy ones too. It's good. He deserves yeah. an easy one. Yeah, he's he's got a knack. He really does. He comes in looking for work and he you know, he he's has a tendency to be in the right place in those last ten minutes to to be the guy in support who gets it and he did it again right there. Yeah, this is not the Cam Davidowitz uh, review of his season, but I think that brings him up to four tries in the season. He only got one last season. We thought he had a pretty yeah. big uh, breakout season. What I've liked about his tries this season is, to to your point, he scored, I think, two off basically good rugby and good pattern of play recognition. He'd be in the right place at the right time. But he's also scored two very sneaky ones at the goal line with yeah. changing his angle of his run and not being an expected receiver to get the pass. Uh, so he got one off Conradi, giving him the one hand pass, and then another one against New York by the goal line, if I remember correctly. Cam, super fan. Let's go, Cam, Plymouth State. <laughs> and then we Let got me just Philly. Check my Cam Davidowitz notes. Yeah, yeah, I, I have them over here somewhere now. And then uh, we got Philly Bananas in the chat. Phil, he might be high, but he thinks he just saw a rabbit hopping around in line at the Waterworld show. Phil, we hope you're okay. Uh, go back to planning lineouts. We need more of those. I don't know if I'd be more concerned by the rabbit or by the water world show. Yeah, I don't know. If they're in a Maybe bunker, there's amazing. a water world show. It could be yeah. could be dangerous down there. It it might not be, be the kind of water show you're excited for. Uh, yeah. Mike Petri, the one of the announcers, he noted how fit the Free Jacks looked. And I really agree. In the heat and the humidity, they still look solid through to the end. Um, in particular, look at Mitch Jacobson at the end of this match. He came into the team in shape. Like he, he's a high level athlete already. Um, but he looks like the Terminator. At the end of this game, he just has that, you know, determined look 
Um, yeah. 70 minutes in, and he's like, he's sweaty. But other than that, he looks fresh. Like, he's still moving with precision. That that athleticism is the ability to do precise and, and, and di- difficult things when you're exhausted, right? Like, that's what differentiates the athletes from the non. The athletes still get tired. They just can still do the thing they're doing. Yeah. Um, and he's, I mean, what an athlete. The guy, the guy was scary. Uh, I, I feel really good about where the team is at in terms of fitness and player health and all that. Um, and it was uh, a nice reminder at the end of the Atlanta match to just see how solid they still look after such a physical match in the heat. Everybody looking good. For sure. And scoring that last try, icing on the cake, obviously we already had the bonus point, and it just makes you feel good. We completed a historic thing. MLR, uh, TRN, as usual, are completely silent on Free Jack's success. Uh, They don't care about us out here. I said what I said. Like we set, we just set a record. We're the first MLR team ever to sweep our own conference, and we got crickets on that. So uh, <laughs> I can't remember. For I think it's just Phil that does the musket size pants tent. But I'm going to say, do you oh. have a musket size pants tent? For I, that? you know, I don't. I thought about this earlier today, and I was like, oh, you know, he might ask me because normally Phil does it. But like, mm. I don't know, maybe, maybe I should have one. Who would I? Oh, who I have I, one. I just who I would just I pick? Well, I I thought who would I pick, and then I thought. Nobody, none of them deserve it. The, which is, I'm not usually that catty, you know. I'm a pretty laid back guy, but that was that was my honest reaction when I thought of that earlier today. Is no, I don't have one. Wow, you know what, Dave? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's this not a sponsor of the show, but maybe it's this lime bubbly, and it kind of <laughs> matches your your Charles River uh, sweatshirt right now. Maybe we're vibing because I thought the same damn thing. I don't want to give it to any of those people in Atlanta. They stink. So my musket-sized pants tent, I'm zagging huge, Phil. Maybe you shouldn't give me the keys anymore. <laughs> but my musket-sized pants tent goes to Colonel Kenny Thompson for going down oh. there with sweep the east sign and a broom. It. You're in enemy territory in an opposing stadium, and you're carrying around a sign like that, rocking the red, white, and blue of the Free Jacks. So disruptive, Kenny. So disruptive. Unreal. So we only got a couple minutes left to before our 9.30 show. So your MVP, Dave. Uh, My MVP, uh, somebody said earlier, there's only one right answer. I have to agree with them tonight. Reese McDonald. Shout out to Kieran McClay and Holden Youngert, actually. Both nines played really well. Um, And Jason Padros put in a great match, as always. But I got to give it up to Reese McDonald. Incredible try saver. Um, he was scoring tries. He was breaking the line. I mean, he is making a statement, I think, with that performance. Uh, Mike Petra talked about it a lot on the broadcast. Everybody's talking about Waka, but, you know, look at this guy. Um, and he, yeah, he did everything he had to do to cause some serious headaches for Scott Matthew and the selections crew over there. Yeah, I have nothing more to add. Perfectly said, and it's a clean sweep for Reese McDonald. How how could you not select a man? I do want to just give a quick shout-out to uh, our guy, Slade McDowell. Unbelievable trash talk. The, the camera's yeah. got a couple of you. You had mentioned one. The other one was on Ruida Biddle when he gets it slapped out of his hands. As soon as he stands up, Slade comes over, pats him on the head, and is like literally points at him, I think, and was like laughing at him. Yeah. So. Un- uh, unbelievable shout out to Slade mcdowell he's not my mvp but if it was for trash talk he would be but yeah. it's not and 
even more fun knowing that those guys, all, all the Kiwis know each other from NPC, you know, like yeah. it's these, these, this is probably, we're seeing the latest iteration of what may be years of trash talk between Ruida <laughs> right. and Slade McDowell. Yeah. And yeah. Reese McDonald for that, for that. Match. Yeah. Reese made a comment in, in the post match that he actually is a, a former teammate of Biddle. So he's yeah. definitely gone over him on that one. But anyway, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, my final my final message is, you know, remember to put away your shopping carts. Always use the coaster. And we got one word to get out of here. Three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah.